What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. All right. Well, welcome those of you that are here and guests. And if you like me, you're ready to eat, so this will be quick. And if you're tuning with us online, I don't know when you're going to check this out. So, uh, but when we get this up, thank you so much for joining with us online. We are at the park today. As you can tell, the uh, background's a little bit different. Uh, it's August 7th, 2022, and we did a little praise at the park. It was good. Amen. Amen. I enjoyed that. All right. So I didn't have a real big word today, and I was like, well, do I just talk about vision? Do I preach a message? What do I do? So uh, this one came up, so we're just going to go with this one and just see where it ends up. So uh, we're going to start out. If you've got Bibles, most of you probably don't. we got phones, though, so you can whip out your phones, whatever you're following the Word of God in. Uh, we just want to read a real quick passage. You heard it a lot when we did our Moses series back in the end of last year and the beginning of this year when we were doing Moses. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. It says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, Wait for it, because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. I mean, y'all remember that verse. We used it back at our most... Nobody. Okay, cool. Well, we're ready to get in today. All right, so that was the key passage for our Moses series we did here earlier this year. And uh, it's talking about vision. And really, those of you that are here, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing right now is building a vision. We're building a church. We're building a body. We're building a group of believers. Matter of fact, you can just go ahead and flat out say that our objective is to unite a body of believers even outside of the church setting. So we're not about just coming to church on Sunday mornings, hanging out for a few minutes and going home. We're about, hey, how can I connect with these people throughout the week? When I'm out at work or when I'm out doing something, how can I invite someone to go with me places, do things, get to know each other, connect, actually make a connection with people. So as we build a vision, that's what's happening. So what we've done... And those of you that we're going to be offering growth track classes again here soon. We've got some finishing up here this probably today. Um, and we're going to start offering growth track. Well, what growth track offers is a chance for you to see our vision and where we're headed and what we're doing. Not only that, but it's cool because you get a free book that you get to take with you and do your Bible studies on your own time with. So, uh, but it's a way to grow, and I use, still use the scriptures for my growth track book. I, when I need to reflect on something, I'll go back, look, because it's not actually my format. It's my pastor's format. He was in Tennessee. We had to completely laid out, and all I've done is change a couple of things. So, um, but Habakkuk talks about writing a vision, and that's the reason, that's the importance that we write things down. Now, we've got a blueprint drawn up. We've got everything so that you can see what we're about, but it's not really about the building. It's about the people. It's about the connection that we make with other people. Can we help other people's lives be better? Matter of fact, one thing we want to live by here at Next Level is 
If you come and you join us, if you haven't seen your life change in the first couple of years, we're not doing something right. And we've noticed a lot of changes in some of our own members' lives, things that are changing, things that are happening. So in just a couple of years, we ought to be able to help you get back on track with whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in life. But the key, actually, passage I wanted to key in on today was out of 1 Kings. I want to look at Elijah, Elijah, not Elijah, Elijah for a second, the Tishbite. If you go to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, this is where he first shows up on the scene. You read through your kings, and then all of a sudden you get to chapter 17, and there's this guy that shows up, and it even says there in verse 1, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, now understand this, this is Elijah's first step onto the scene. He's getting ready to tell the king something that I'll bet you wouldn't say to your king the first time you met him. But God had given him a word and he spoke it to him. Elijah shows up on the scene. Some guy comes out of nowhere. He says to Ahab, who was the king at that time, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except by my word. And then he walked off. What kind of impression do you think he had on the king? Well, here's, I bet he took notice because they did have a drought after this for three years until Elijah said that the rain could come back. But uh, So what happens is we've got to have that boldness inside of us to be able to talk to other people. It's not saying that we have to be confronted like this at all times, but how can we connect with people? Why are we at the park today? Well, anybody walks by, well, hopefully we can make some connections while we're out here eating some hot dogs. I mean, it's kind of empty because it's hot right now. But, uh, and we got that record temperature stuff going on again today, I'm hurting. But, uh, verse 2, though, says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Interesting note on the ravens we'll probably talk about here in just a second. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and the bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. Remember, they're in a drought. So this brook's producing water right now, but there's a drought happening because he hasn't spoke the rain back into existence yet, all right? So, so the brook dries up, and because there had been no rain in the land, but I want you to take a note, just a mental note maybe. Some of you may already know this. But what they tell us from the history of Ahab was that he worshipped birds. And if you look at the king, what he would do every day around these time of days when God said, I'm going to feed you from the ravens, is he would lay food out on his upper balcony for the birds to come and eat because he worshipped the birds. Now, Bible doesn't say it, but isn't it an interesting thought that the ravens would take the food from the king and carry it possibly to Elijah to feed him while he was away? Okay, y'all weren't as shocked on that one. I thought it was cool, all right? I learned that, I think I learned that in college the first time. But what would happen is he would worship, so he'd lay all this food out, and as he's worshiping, the birds would take the food with them. Now, God says, I'm going to feed you by the ravens. So the thought is, if we put two and two together, possibly, God was using the enemy to feed his kid. Right? Amen. Now notice it says the brook finally dried up. 
So there was a time during this drought that this brook was still producing water. But it was when the brook dried up. So God's been taking care of Elijah for this time period before he had called the rain back. And we're not there yet. So the brook dries up. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Stopping there for a second. What happened is we go through seasons in our life. All right, there's seasons, there's a time and a season for everything. So, and the Bible tells us that too. But there was a season when Elijah approached the king boldly, told him what was going to happen, walked away. Then there was also a season God said, I need you to go stay by the brook. But the brook dried up, then God sent him into another season. Just like we have seasons in our lives. We've got our ups, we've got our downs. If you haven't noticed yet, live a little longer. Life's kind of like a roller coaster. Up and down, up and down, up and down. You're going to have high seasons, you're going to have low seasons. But as you're going through those seasons, if you've got Jesus, see, there's no hope for those that don't. No wonder they're committing suicide. We're the ones supposed to be giving them the hope. But God says it's time to move on. After a season is done, God says it will be time and then you will move on. So what happened to Elijah here, he could have sat there by the brook, wallowing in self-pity. Got wasp yes. entertainment over here. These people are like watching the wasp. I'm like, what are they looking at, right? So, yes, I think there's wasps building a nest over here. So, uh, they're not going to hurt you. But uh, anyway, God says it was time to move on. Now, I see, I've done lost my train of thought. But uh, so, God tells him it's time to move. So, Elijah could have sat there, wallowed in self pity, said, It's miserable right now. I don't have a brook. What's going on? And cried about it for a long time. Or, he could choose to do what he does do. Get up. God says it's time to move on. It's time to move to the next season. You can wallow in self-pity and you can stay there as long as you want. But if you really want delivered from it, God's tried to get you to another level. Okay, you've had this season, Elijah. You're sitting by the brook. I've been feeding you. I've been watering you. I've been taking care of you like a plant. It sounds like feeding and water, right? Taking care of you all this time. But it's time I need you to move. Because what did he say to him? He said, arise, go to Zarath which belongs to Sidon, dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So Elijah gets up, not knowing what to expect in the next step. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. God's told you to do something. You don't know what your next step's going to be. And you don't know what, you know, you just kind of, anybody, was it Indiana Jones? One of them old movies where there was an invisible bridge. He threw the dirt out, remember? Yeah. Nobody remember? Okay, so he had to have faith to step out because he couldn't see the bridge. Until he threw the dirt on it, right? Alright, this goes the same with us, especially when God's calling us to do things. Do we have the faith to step out? Well, let's see what happens. Verse 10, he says, So he arose, did the right thing, obeyed God, went to Zareth, or sorry, Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Hmm. So she said, check this out. Tell me if this doesn't sound like a situation. Because if God tells you to do something, somebody else in your past is going to get blessed for following too. But watch what happens here. The widow says in verse 12, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, 
Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. See, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. She's having a bad day. You ever had a bad day? Yeah. yeah. And what did this prophet do? Right? So, okay, she didn't have a problem going to fetch the water, but now the prophet's asking for food. And basically, can I put this in layman's modern terms for you? What do you mean, prophet? I've only got a little food left. I'm planning to go home, prepare that for me and my kid. Then we're going to die because we don't have, because there's a famine in the land. They don't have any food. They don't have any money. So at this point, the widow also needed to make a choice. Elijah obeyed. He followed God to the widow that God told him was going to be there, right? And now the prophet's asking for food. Well, this is just too much. You ever felt like that? Somebody asked you for something, then they ask you for something else. Yeah. You call them mooches sometimes, right? Yeah. However, there are legitimate people that do need that help, and God has sent you there to provide that help. We do have mooches. But see, here's the difference between a mooch and a person that actually has it. A mooch is going to keep asking. They're never going to stop. If someone actually needs something from God, when they get it, they're going to do something else with it. They're not going to sit there on it. Well, what the witch? So she has a choice. Do I listen to this prophet, give him some of this last bit of bread that I got, or do I just go home and die? My original plan, right? I mean, we got people in this society that think the same way. I'm just going to sit here and die. There's no hope, right? That's why the church is here, to bring hope to a lost and dying world that sees no hope. Amen. The widow see no hope. There was nothing, there was no hope for her. Let's keep reading. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as I have said, but make me a small cake from it first. No, now, oh, he's stretching it now. We're going to talk about it. And bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Let me, let me finish what I got to read here, and then we'll talk about it. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil dry, run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So he sent away and did according to the word, or so she sent, she went away, sorry, did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for, what did it say? Oh, you guys don't have your Bibles out, I'm sorry. Many days. She had one meal left. But, but, but check out, go back, see if you can relate for a second. Not only now is the prophet wanting bread from me, and I don't have a lot, he's wanting me to make his first. Now many people at this point get a little selfish, right? That's mine, right? Okay, let me, let me lighten y'all's mood a little bit. We go out to eat, right? You may go out to eat, right, with your wives, spouses, friends, whatever. And uh, be a whole menu up on the board and order whatever you want, right? <clears throat> Come on, you all going to relate with me in a second. Maybe it'll make you smile a little bit, right? Honey, order whatever you want, right? There's a whole menu up there. Okay, so we order some stuff, right? Or it's that or it's I don't really want anything, right? We sit down. I start eating. Let me have a little bit of... Anybody ever been there? Come on. Yeah. I offered to buy you whatever. I'm, trust me, I'm not the only one. My pastor had talked about a story similar. That's why I was like, hey, I'm not the only one that has this problem, right? 
Okay, I offered to buy you whatever you wanted. And you want to take my food? We know you're talking about. Ah. Okay. So it's like, well, well, no, I will buy you one if you want it, right? But we tend to get that way about not only that, but let's talk. Finances. I don't know how far I want to go with that. We're going to stop right here. But uh, finances, food, anything that belongs to us. Can I be real with you? I'll be real with you for just a second. I was in Jackson, Tennessee. And honest truth, my wife can testify. I was getting ready to leave for church on a Wednesday night to go to a service. My bank account at this point, and this was before I had gotten the job down there, so it was hurting a little bit, right? I had $22 and some change, right, in my bank account. As we're getting ready to leave for church, God speaks to me, clear as I'm talking to you right now. I need you to give me $20 tonight in that offer. <laughs> Let me look at this checkbook again, right? That leaves me $2 and some change, God. I trust, trust it. I've just learned over there, you just trust him. Because anytime God tells you to do something, he's got a reason for it. My wife can testify to this. So, and she's just learned to like, okay, it sounds crazy, but... It's always worked before. Why not? Let's just trust God on this. So we wrote a $20 check, dropped it in the offering bucket. Honest truth, we went home that Wednesday night. We hadn't looked in our P.O. box all day, right? Unlocked the P.O. box, pulled some stuff out, had some mail, 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 and then there was an envelope. Inside that envelope was a $200 check. We were not expecting. I'm not here to tell you about, oh, this whole money thing deal, but I'm here to tell you that God does do those things because I've lived it more than once, I'll say. More than once has God given me when I've obeyed Him when He told me to do something. Now, how many of you, if you had 22 and some change and He told you to write a $20 check, would have said, you're crazy, God, that's nuts. Unless I heard a lot of you. Unless you heard a lot of But here's the point. When God asks you to do something, if you follow through, even if it doesn't look like the resources are there for you, He'll provide. He makes a way. He always does. So the widow's in the same boat here with her last bit of food. He wants me to make his... I could just see a lady with an attitude in this society, right? Excuse me? Right? Get the little hand going. You want me to make yours first? Well, watch what happens. Let's keep, keep reading there. Verse... Uh, well, let me just read this real quick because I did have another verse here real quick. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Anybody ever heard this verse? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. How many of you here believe God is able to do exceedingly abundantly Amen. above all? And I can think quite a bit. I can think quite a bit. But it says above all, we can ask or think. You know, the Bible also talks about Jesus himself was talking about if God takes care of the sparrows, now I'm paraphrasing, he loves you more than the sparrows, he's going to take care of you. Right? <clears throat> Let's keep reading what happened to the lady here. I'm going to have to, I was going to do water, but I guess... 
dry up here. Probably got something to do with the humidity, huh? Alright, let's... So she went and did according to the word of Elijah. So she followed. She went through with what he said. Now let's keep reading verse 15. And she and her whole household ate for many days. So because she was willing to trust God, just like Elijah had to trust God when leaving the brook. Right? Do you, how many of y'all realize there's a miracle at the beginning of the story? Because if you approached a king and made them mad back in the day, they'd just have you executed on the spot. But what did Elijah do? He walked up and said, Hey, king, got something to tell you. It's not going to rain till I say it's going to rain. And he left. Now, that king, if that would have made the king mad, he could have killed him right there. You telling me Elijah didn't know the risk? No, he was obeying God. There was a girl in the Bible, a lady, Esther. Remember her? I encourage you to go read Esther. Esther, she risked her life approaching the king with the request that she had made. And I don't remember the whole story right now. Esther, it's in your Old Testament. Go read it. But God does this all the time. It's not just in your Bible. It's happening today in this society, in lives. And I'm a testimony to that, a living testimony. The bit of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So she trusted the prophet of God, and she was blessed. Amen? Amen. Abundantly, right? What would our scripture say? Exceedingly, abundantly, all she could ask or think. She took her last bit of bread, gave it to God, and ate for many days is what it says. And the jar of oil, because they use that to get food, or they could use it with their food, but they use it to make money too, didn't dry up. Huh. Well, that's impossible, right? You talk to this society, they tell you it's impossible. Can I tell you, I've seen things like this happen today. It happens all the time. Just people don't hear about it. Because what do they got? They got the media telling them things, right? Got the news telling you one thing, and what's really happening in the world is a whole different ballgame, right? Come on. All right, verse 17. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house, now check this out. She trusted the prophet... She made her last, with her last bit, she made and then she was blessed because it was her and her son. They were going to die, remember? But check this out. Now what happens to you once you get past that point and you get on to the next point? Let's check this out. It happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. In other words, he died. Okay? Let me just break it to you in layman terms. He died. He wasn't breathing. So she said to Elijah, now isn't this a typical, I even say Christian, or typical person in this society? Because I can just see this question being asked with a little bit of an attitude. Said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me, or to, me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? Okay, let me break this down for you. For the prophet that you just cooked for, that because you listened to his word, God blessed you, now all of a sudden things get a little rough again, so who do we decide to blame? The prophet. It's got to be the prophet's fault, right? It's the prophet's fault my son's dead. I can see that attitude under this question when she's asking. There, there's other stories similar that I don't want to get off though. So, now the son's dead, and this happens to pastors, teachers, you name it. Okay, they love you when they're being blessed. But when things get a little rough, it's got to be the pastor's fault, right? 
or it's got to be the preacher or that teacher or the person because I did. Some people just go along to the top. Blame God. It's got to be God's fault I'm in a mess, right? No. No, no. Let's keep reading. Verse 19. He said to her, Give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Now at this point, and I don't think if you've ever been in leadership, you probably don't, you can't relate. But I can relate to the prophet's thoughts here as well. But listen to what he says. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, Oh my Lord, or Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow of whom I lodged by killing her son? Now pay attention. I think the prophet's being real right now. God, you told me to speak to her. She was blessed. Now he's dead. Why? Why are you doing this to me? Why, why did this happen? Now I don't think that affected his faith because you're getting ready to see what happened next. But I can relate to those emotions that probably Elijah was feeling right here because something bad happened. They blamed the prophet and they're human too. I pray to you. I don't know if you knew this. Me and Brett are human. We're just as human as the rest of you. So, as if, so, so, and this is why people do these, and I'm not going to talk about this story, but the people will come with the slander and they'll talk and they may even cuss you out. I've been cussed out for things you believe, right? Heck, I've even had people as far as tell me, don't you pray for me. Don't you dare pray for me. That's only happened one time in my life. Most of the time people are willing, even if they don't believe anything, they're willing to take the prayer. But I have had a man say, don't pray for me. Don't pray for me. Now I went home and prayed for him, right? But Because uh, he needed Jesus more than anything else. But you got to understand, Elijah's human here too. Yeah, he's doing mighty things, but he's a man. So he's really, I believe here, he's got an honest question. God, you've been providing all this time. What's going on? Why is the sun dead? Now, watch. This is so young. Because God always has a plan. Maybe, no, maybe, I'm just throwing this out here. Maybe the woman's faith, hey, she liked the miracle. Maybe it wasn't where it needed to be just yet. And this miracle was going to bring her where she needed to be. Amen? Because God uses all things. They work together for good. You guys know that scripture. To those that love Him. Right? So he said, Lord, have you brought tragedy on the widow whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself on, out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, Oh Lord my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. Now what happened? Let me give you a visual. He stretched himself. He put the kid on the bed, stretched him out. He laid on top of the kid. Yeah. That's what was actually happening here. And he prayed that the life... So it seems strange, right? But, you know, you're talking about the same God that clears leprosy by telling a man to go bathe in the Jordan seven times. Now, if you only do it six times, you're not going to get it. But if you do it the seventh time, like he told you to do, you're going to get your healing. Amen? That's in the Bible. I don't have the story in front of me. It's in your Old Testament. <clears throat> but then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. Soul came back, he was revived. Elijah took the child, brought him down from the upper room to the house, and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Can you imagine, mothers? Yeah, yeah. 
the emotion that's come over this woman right now. Her one hope was lost. And back then, a son carried on the name. They carried everything. If you lost your son, then you were looked down on because, hmm, God must not love you. Now, I'm not saying that's right, but that's the way they viewed it. If, you do, if you're sick, if you've got issues, you must be doing something God doesn't like. That's not true. Alright? I'm just going to throw that out there. There are cases, I guess, where it could be. But it's not what... God's not out to get you. Right? Let's just break it to you like that. Any decisions, any things we have come upon us, come upon ourselves because we make decisions that we make. So we either choose to obey or we choose to disobey. Now here's the deal. I don't even think all the time the disobedience is God putting a curse on you. God just knew that if you did it, this was going to happen. And because you didn't listen, this happened. And He was trying to keep you from having it happen, but because you didn't listen and went ahead and went through it, whatever it was, you faced the consequences. That's not God getting mad and cursing you. Just, this is just how things work. Let's just be real. You reap what you sow. That's all throughout the Bible. So if you're planting hate, you're going to reap hate. You're going to get a lot of hate. If you're planting love, you're going to reap love. Okay? So that's God. this kingdom we live in, this God kingdom, is a reap-sow kingdom. That's how it works. You reap what you sow. Whatever you're reaping, or whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. So you wouldn't expect to plant a green bean plant and get tomatoes off of it, right? Right? Right. Okay. I, didn't, I know y'all don't have to be farmers to know that. <laughs> right? So if I plant a green bean in the ground, it's going to come a green bean plant, right? Right? I hope so, yeah. Yeah. If it comes up a tomato plant, we got a problem. You planted the wrong seed, amen? Let's just keep reading. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know you are a man of God, and the, the word of the Lord in your mouth is true. Because of this, now I don't know, I can't say, the Bible doesn't say. Maybe there was a point here, she took the miracle, but she wasn't, like I said, maybe where she needed to be, then maybe God used this to boost her faith. I really don't know. Alright? But I know this, after this miracle, she recognized the authority God had given Elijah and God got the glory. Elijah wasn't trying to take any glory. He knew who to call on. Yeah, he did some weird stuff laying on people and bringing them back to life, right? But he knew where to go. He knew the source of the boy's healing and restoration. And it was nothing he could do. It was always God. Amen? So as we move forward with Next Level Freedom Church, know this. People are going to come along. They're going to love you. They're going to hate you. They're going to talk bad about you. There's going to be some that talk good about you. But as long as you're staying in God's will, you're going to be fine. Yeah, the brook might have dried up, but God had a plan. Hey, I need you to do this. God gives specific details. He didn't just say get up and go. He said there's a widow waiting for you. <laughs> he got to the widow. Elijah was very specific. God spoke through Elijah. Maybe a morsel of bread first. Don't worry. You're going to be just fine. All right? Just do it. Trust the Lord blessed her, right? Because she was obedient. we got to take the first step of faith. Without faith, we've got nothing. Amen? Amen? God loves you. He wants to see you prosper in life. There are certain things we have to learn on our way, right? you got money trouble. There's a thing called a budget. That's the physical way, right? You want to get it going right? 
Make yourself a budget. That's the B word nobody likes. See, I wasn't talking about the other one. Some of y'all's minds went some places. I want to be rich. But in order to get there, yes, God's going to bless you. But if you don't have a budget, what do you expect to do with those finances, right? That's just one example. Anyway. All right. So uh, those of you tuning online, thank you so much for joining with us today. We're going to go ahead and dismiss you because we're getting ready to eat and get wet here. Sorry we missed you. But... Uh, Check our website, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. Maybe we'll be out here again soon, and you can come and join us for it. God bless you. We'll see you next time.